I'm R.J. Bell with the Sports Betting Headlines for Thursday. Chris Paul does it, makes his team all the way to the finals with a 41-point effort. The Suns over the Clippers, and now the Suns are the favorite, the favorite to win the NBA title. Aaron Rodgers, the question's been what team will he play for? Now there's odds, will he start for any team in 2021? Only an 80% chance of that. Tonight, Hawks versus Bucks. Bucks favored by three with Giannis out. Here comes a four out of the Vegas truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is straight out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas. Your host, RJ Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it, I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas, live on 225 FSR stations, live on a Thursday. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to know more than their buddies. We got the Chris Paul coronation, except he hasn't really won anything yet. We'll get into that. I'm the pro. He's the Joan L.A., Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we have the Western Conference side of things already sorted out in the NBA playoffs, and we await a pivotal Game 5 coming up later on tonight. What is the Vegas lead here on this Thursday? Certainly the Suns, and to me what is the key story is Chris Paul and the celebration, but the job's not done yet. Yeah, it was Chris Paul a monster performance last night in his old stomping grounds in L.A. at Staples Center against the Clippers as the Phoenix Suns get a 130-103 to route of L.A. Phoenix moves on to the NBA Finals to represent the Western Conference. Okay, so let's think. Stockton and Malone. These were two players that had a storied career, had not won a title. Late in their career, they play the Bulls two straight years and lose both of them. Malone went on to be with the Lakers when they got swept, I think it was, against the Pistons. Never got a title. Barkley, another guy that is famous for not having – another great who's famous for not having a title. Barkley made it against Jordan with with the Suns, lost, and here we are. Jonas, it strikes me that I've never heard someone say, yeah, that guy never won a title, but he got to one title game, title series, and thus, you know, he's, he's in the club. Yeah. And my point would be, if Chris Paul doesn't win this next round – all of this is pretty meaningless to his legacy. What do you yeah. think? Yeah, I mean, same thing, you know, with uh, Gary Payton. I mean, he was, uh, before he ended up winning a title with the Miami Heat, that was way later in his career. But Gary Payton was always considered, you know, if not the best, one of the best point guards in the NBA. Uh, and he got Seattle to the finals with George Carl and, and those teams against Michael Jordan. But there was always that look at him that, well, you know, he's not an NBA champion. It wasn't until way later that he ended up grabbing one uh, late in his career. In fact, I would make the case amongst 
those who are famous for not winning it, I don't know. I can't think of any offhand who didn't at least make a title game or a title series. By the way, that 2004 Lakers loss, it was in five. Some would call it a gentleman's sweep, but no, let's <laughs> say five. But let me ask you, John, I mean, think about it. Elway, before his you know, last two seasons, was I think he had been in three Super Bowls losing. Obviously, yeah. uh, Jim Kelly and the Bills, they were famous for being hey, – who's the great player that has, didn't even make – a title game. So, in a way, Chris Paul is going from a very small group of postseason failure to a bigger group. But if he doesn't win, he's still in the, the non-champions group. And I guess I'm just confused with all the sense of a coronation. Where And I really liked his energy after the game where he was talking to the Clipper fans, talking about though, instead of avoiding that conversation, he was being pretty candid about, you know, the struggles they had in L.A. where they couldn't get all the way. But he loved the fans. He loved the city. I mean, to me, that was class act all the way for Chris Paul. But once again, that feels like a conversation after you win a title, not after you get to a title series. Closing thoughts on that one. Yeah, there was there was a lot of celebration, and I don't know if that was sort of a, a passive aggressive way of him taking a shot at the Clippers. Um, he was not. Oh, you you thought it felt very genuine to me. Yeah, he, he was not uh, well liked by a lot of people in L.A. I, I I know that from talking to some people that uh, you know just. But isn't really he famous well for guy. not being well liked in general? And and the rationale being he's very demanding, and that to some degree. You know, it's a trade-off with him that he's going to be the kind of guy that can come in to Phoenix, take a team that hadn't made the playoffs, I think, for seven years, and get them to a title round. That's the kind of guy that breaks a few eggs, to quote Nicholson, when he makes an omelet. Yeah, or did it go beyond that? I mean, I had just heard that there's a little bit of a uh, you know teacher's pet type feel. You know, like one of those. That's that's how teammates had had looked at him. But uh, he was fantastic last night, and it does feel though like this is already being grooved to where we're starting to talk about this is the playoff run of Chris Paul, and that's sort of the storyline that we're going to go with. You know, can Chris Paul finally do it and finally get it done? But I'm with you. If you know he ends up in the NBA Finals against a less than 100% Atlanta Hawks team or Milwaukee Bucks team, and he loses, I, I you know I think that's got to be part of the conversation about his short shortcomings you know maybe the lead part of the conversation based on all the injury luck they've had on the run so far or maybe maybe it's that Chris Paul had a certain approach early in his career it had a lot of redeeming qualities to it but it was imperfect and it maybe was a hindrance to success net net but then later in his career he evolved I don't know. It's it just, to me, once someone gets a rep, and it's, listen, I don't feel bad for athletes very often, but one area where I think it's fair to feel bad for them is if they somehow grow up at 30, it, sometimes it's too late. For most people, you grow up at 30, it's like, yeah, I see that dude with the two kids and the good father. Yeah, he had, some, he had a wild 20s. No one ever indicts that person for that. But if you're a Des Bryant, and I mean, we can go up and down the list, you have some peccadilloes, you have some, you know, human imperfections that probably are accentuated by being privileged in a way of, you know, being a great athlete and, and, and being um, accommodated. I think it's fair to say great athletes, even at a young age, are accommodated. And thus, if you're not, I've often said the hardest thing there is to do 
is to be honest about your own failings and improve them. The, the, the impossible thing to do is to improve things when you're not required to. If it's just a choice, humans are going to choose the easier route most almost always. But an athlete that's forced to choose, sometimes they grow up. Oftentimes, that's in their early 30s, and oftentimes that's too late. I mean, do you get, I mean, again, being in LA and when Chris Paul was there also, do you get any sense that some of the things that people were rightfully critical of with Chris Paul have evolved on his part as he's gotten um, older? No, I, I haven't gotten that sense. <laughs> yeah. I, I so, just, what, what I, is the is teacher's who pet? Who was the teacher if Chris Paul was the teacher's pet? Um, it was that was just one of the things that I had heard when he was out here that he that he you know came across as you know trying to report back to the coach at all times not really the greatest teammate in the world um, you know it's one thing to be you know hard on your teammates but he took it a step further um, and you know a lot of the guys from back in the day just didn't get along with him um, whether it, you know be DeAndre Jordan or whether it was Blake Griffin like those guys just didn't really get along with him I think that's why you see Pat Beverly act the way he acted I think that's why you see Rondo getting a fist fight with him on the floor. Um, they're, they're just, Rondo, they're, Rondo played. No, it was a couple of years ago. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I was thinking was he on the floor? I didn't see that. No, no. <laughs> coach's decision. Now, <laughs> let, let me ask you a question though. There's a saying, and I'll paraphrase it because I don't have the exact wording, but like you can tell more about a man from his enemies. That a certain type of person is going to rub a certain other type of person the wrong way. And I know there are the types that go through life and they don't rub anyone the wrong way and they're pretty milk toast and okay, fine. But for the, if you're going to take a position, right? Colin takes a position on takes and he's taking a, he's not too lukewarm often, right? He takes a strong position when he feels something. And you know what? Why do, the, why do professionals like that do that? And Colin's one of the great professionals when it comes to talk radio. Why does he do that? Because he wants you either to agree with him, hell yeah, or you're crazy. As we like to say in our segment, you're crazy, Colin. Either way, Colin wins. Either way, Stephen A. Smith wins because people are emotionally engaged. It feels like a guy like Chris Paul that takes a, a staunch stance is often going to have critics just as much as he's going to have acolytes, people that love him. If we go down the list of DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin, uh, you know, even, well, Rondo, let's throw that to the side because Rondo's a high-level basketball guy intellectually. Who knows what that was about? But with his teammates, it strikes me that those are players that, as, as the years have passed, Chris Paul looks a lot better than them in regards to the kind, how his habits and his worldview allowed him to proceed in his career versus the other two. I don't think I'd want to be on DeAndre Jordan's side against Chris Paul in an argument. Does that, doesn't it seem like maybe we're damning him because he's got critics? But looking at the critics, I'm not sure that it's that damning. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I, look, I don't know the guy. I'm just saying what I had heard from when he yeah, was Yeah, 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 no, that's why I'm having I mean, the conversation. I mean, yeah, and again, I'm, being in the city gives you insight. 
Yeah, no, and and I just think that he's he came across to certain people as being a little bit over the top when it was hard on his teammates, and players just didn't respond well to that. And whether that's you know an indictment on them being too sensitive or an indictment on him being you know too negative or too aggressive with them, it just didn't it didn't go over real well. Which is why there was a feeling last night of while people were celebrating Chris Paul and sort of damning Pat Beverly for the way that he acted, you just wondered what was done during the course of the game uh, from Chris Paul when it came to his actions, his comments that he made towards those players. That's Jonas Knox. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. Chris Paul certainly had a heck of a game. And we remember, we liked the Clippers in the second half as a pizza bat. Well, no pizza tonight on that money. 41 <laughs> points from Paul. 41 and 67% from the field. 88% from three. 88% from three. Whew. Now, what's fascinating is how much of a favorite right now of any one team the Suns are. Because you've got a toss-up type series with the Hawks and the Bucks. Thus, even if one of them would be favored over Phoenix, Atlanta certainly would not be favored over Phoenix the Bucks, if Giannis was back, looks like they would be. But right now, the Suns are the favorite to win the NBA title. In fact, Mackenzie, what's the updated title odds? The Phoenix Suns are the favorite at minus 200, Ooh. followed by the Bucks at plus 325, and then the Hawks at plus 575. Okay, now that is fascinating. That is fascinating. So what they're saying here is, you know what I'm going to do? Let's take our first break, because I think there's a heck of a message in those odds, and I want to get a pencil and paper out and make sure we get it right to the decimal point, or at least mostly right. <laughs> we don't have to worry about decimal points. So when we come back, we're going to not look at the Hawks-Bucks game. We're going to look at the series odds, compare them to the title odds of the Suns, and tell you what Vegas believes about not only how good the Suns are, but about Giannis's chance to come back and play in the finals. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox. Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will continue to take a look back at the Game 6 win for the Phoenix Suns. We got the title odds for all three teams. We got the series prices for Hawks-Bucks. And we're going to impute with our ingenuity and a calculator what it says about Giannis and the chance of him playing and what the scenarios would be if he does or doesn't play. Great day to join. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much for the support. It's because of you, the growth, and we'll keep working extra hard to deliver a great show for you. You can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search for Straight Out of Vegas here in Vegas on the Strip. 105 degrees. The neon is flowing. So, RJ, the Phoenix Suns are on to the NBA Finals after a 130-103 to win over the L.A. Clippers at Staples Center last night. Phoenix takes that series in six games. Okay, Phoenix Suns entered the playoffs, entered the playoffs as the seventh favorite 
to win it out of 16 teams. So the second best record in the NBA, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think they had it over Philly, but they had the second best in the West for sure, the Suns, and they were seventh, seventh coming in at 18 to 1. Now, when they were down to the Lakers, down 2 to 1, they were 50 to 1. 50 to 1 on the Suns went down to the Lakers and then they actually hit even money after game one of the Atlanta. Once Atlanta beat Milwaukee, at that moment, Phoenix became even money, and now they're minus 200. 200. So no matter. Now, here's the thing you got to keep in mind that's assuming there's some chance of Atlanta playing them, and they'd be a certain uh, favorite over Atlanta, and then there's a chance of Milwaukee playing them. And they'd be a certain favorite over Milwaukee if Giannis was out. If Giannis played, it'd be another scenario. So really, there's three possibilities here. Suns play the Hawks. Suns play Milwaukee without Giannis. Suns play Milwaukee with Giannis. Now, what we know for sure is the Hawks without or with Trey Young and without Giannis on the Bucks, they're considered to be about even teams. So if you actually look at the series odds right now between Atlanta and Milwaukee, it's Milwaukee minus three, or check that, minus 136. So $136 wins you 100. So there's slight favorites. Now, what does that mean? It means, one, Milwaukee has both home games, five and seven, where there's only one for Atlanta. So if you think about what home court means, in seven games, it's four out of seven. So it's one additional home game out of seven. Now, if it's two to one with three games remaining, it's one additional home game out of three. So in theory, that's more than double the value. Thus, the line, if these were even teams, would be Milwaukee hmm, 180, I'd say, maybe a little higher because of that home court advantage. So the fact that Milwaukee is minus 136 over the Hawks in the series says unequivocally they believe Atlanta's the better team, and the only way that could be is if they feel like there's little to no chance of Giannis coming back for this series. Now, if we just look at the price in this game, Bucks are minus three in the game tonight. Giannis out. Trey Young, there's uncertainty. Now, Latest report, McKenzie, is Trey Young playing seems almost certain, right? Yeah, a local beat writer in Atlanta said, I talked to a player, he talked to him at, at shooting shoot around. He's very hopeful, very optimistic for playing tonight. All right, so let's assume that's very likely. What that tells us is that, yes, he'll play Trey Young, Giannis won't. That's been declared tonight. The Lions 3, which is pretty much what a home team should be favored now, considering that a lot of fans are back, not all the way back, but okay with home court. So that tells you that Trey Young's uncertainty is built into this number. And if Trey Young were 100% healthy, I think the line would be 4-4.5 four, four tonight. So what we can say for sure between the Bucks and the uh, Hawks is – with a healthy Trey Young, without Giannis, the Hawks are considered to be slightly better. But if Trey Young's banged up like he is, they're even. And obviously, if Giannis was back, the Bucks are better. It's a fascinating consideration here. So, Jonas, let me just as a fan, if I say 
the Bucks are better than the Hawks if everyone's healthy. I think we all agree with that. Yeah, 100%. If Trey Young is uncertain of his health, Giannis is out, who's the better team to you? Oh, man. Um, I would lean towards Milwaukee. All right. So you're the market and you are in agreement here. And last question. If Trey Young were 100 percent healthy, Jan is out. Do you think Atlanta is clearly the best? They're not by a a huge mark. Clearly the best team. Yeah. Yeah. 100 percent Atlanta. Yeah. All right. So now the question is, let's assume Atlanta uh, progresses, advances. And the Trey Young injury, in theory, after two to three more games would be better, if not 100 percent with the ankle. Now it would be the Hawks versus Phoenix. Now, the line would be well over minus 200 in that case. Does that feel right to you that Phoenix would be, with home court advantage, the clear favorite over the Hawks? And, and this is including the injury status to Trey Young? Uh, let's assume little... it, if we're f- three-plus games out into the series that he's healthy. Yeah, that seems right. Okay. Seems right. And then, to me, McKenzie, it seems like what they're saying is – if Giannis is out, well, we know Atlanta is a little bit better if Giannis is out. Thus, against Phoenix with Giannis out, Phoenix would be a minus 200, but bigger, bigger, 250, 270. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at, too, yeah. And the theory is if he's not out or Giannis is healthy or back, that this one is starting to move towards just a home court advantage. It would be maybe, maybe minus 130 or 40 for Phoenix, if not. Because what we know is, before Giannis's injury, when it was a sure thing, it seemed, that Milwaukee was going to advance and to face Phoenix, even though Phoenix had the home court advantage, it still does, Milwaukee, here in Vegas, at the Westgate, was minus 150. Now, think about that. Home court, let's call it 130, 140. That means it was like 80, 90 cents of adjustment saying Milwaukee is that much better than Phoenix. The reason I don't think it could get back there now is you're never going to have no uncertainty about Giannis's health. Thus, I think maybe it gets even money if he looks great, let's say in Game 7, if he somehow plays. Otherwise, I think Phoenix is going to be favored regardless. It's just either a small favor if Giannis comes back and a big, big favorite if it's against Atlanta or if Giannis doesn't come back even though Milwaukee advances. Agree, disagree? 100% agreement. The Atlanta and Milwaukee are considered about the same right now, and, we, and the Suns are going to be minus big money minus favorites versus either if Giannis doesn't come back and significantly improve the Bucks. I agree with that. And it is fascinating to think of all these scenarios and the odds makers, what do they do? They price uncertainty. And if they have a choice, they just won't put a number up and let the uncertainty solve itself. But in this case, they don't really have a choice to keep business going. Thus, it shows you how when they're ambitious, the bookies can take some shots. And here, it's a lot of things built in. But the thing I think, Jonas, that people aren't talking as much about, and maybe you can tell me what you're hearing from the scuttlebutt, is the odds are telling us here that Giannis coming back for this series is is almost zero based on the numbers. Is that what you're hearing, your ear to the ground? Yeah, that's what I've heard. And obviously, he's not going to be playing in this game. And there's only two games left in the series. So the idea that, you know, he would come back from this, even though there's no structural damage, that he would come back from this, you know, within the next few days and and finish out the series somehow, I think is a long shot. I, I think... 
you know, maybe in a way, best case scenario for Milwaukee, if you want Giannis back, is for this game to go seven games. He doesn't return. They can somehow pull this off without him, and that buys him a little bit more time before the finals start against Phoenix. I can't remember. Does the finals go 2-3-2, two, two, or is it ba- oh, is it geez. back? Can you look that up, McKenzie? Yeah, it's 2-1, 2-2, 1-1-1-1. Okay. What year? I'm just curious. What year did they start that 2-3-2? 2013 was the last year. Oh, look, yeah. at he's on it, this guy, today. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> that was pretty good. I hope he's right. But if he is, he's on it. <laughs> That's McKenzie Rivers, pregame.com. We are straight out of Vegas. Let's wrap up, if you don't mind, Jonas, the Clippers – I've got some respect for Paul George. Yeah, I do too. In a weird way, and I hope for his sake, this could be the situation that when he's in some future year, maybe next year, the number two, and he doesn't feel near as much pressure, maybe he's going to be ready for it because he was able to stand tall during the, you know, not perfect, but stood tall, I think, with the pressure here. What's your takeaway? Yeah, I mean, the, obviously the first thing, people that want to be negative because he gave himself a nickname, as we talked about, is they're going to go I go by to, T-Bone. I yeah, mean, I, <laughs> you know, it's whatever, you know, whatever works. I mean, it just, <laughs> like, I, I, the free throws are going to be what people go to because that really was such a crucial game in the series. I mean, if that game goes the other way, we're, we could be having a completely different conversation. But I thought he he played really well. Um, I just think they ran out of gas. And, and I was wondering when that was going to happen. There was a lot put on his plate. Um, I thought he, he shined pretty, pretty bright when he needed to in a lot of closeout situations. The fact that they were able to get done what they got done against, uh, against Utah, uh, the performance he had the game before I, I come away from this with a lot more respect for Paul George and I think if you're not one of the people that wants to you know sit on pandemic P and continue to go back to that narrative I think I think Paul George got a lot of respect from a lot of people around the league it's amazing I'm looking at the title odds of the Clippers since the start of the playoffs now they were the third favorite coming in and they were only they weren't worse than 20 to 1 until a couple days ago. So even when they were down 2-1, to one, or I'm sorry, down 0-2 versus the Mavs, the Clippers in that spot were only 18-1. to one. So, I mean, they were right there, like a viable team. And then throughout all the trials and tribulations, they went down 0-2 against Utah, and they were only 14-1 to one in that spot. Uh, actually, 15-1. to one. So it's like... This is a team that there's just so much betting belief in the Clippers that, that, that literally you could have your best player go down and by all accounts wasn't coming or by the accounts that are sharp, the perspective was that uh, Kawhi wasn't coming back. He didn't come back. And still, imagine what other team other than the Nets could lose their best player and still even be a viable, you know, I mean, Jonas, you made the loser leave town bet on the Clippers, <laughs> even without Kawhi. So if you think about it, it's like it really is a testament to the team. I mean, we love the, the plucky underdog, right? Rocky lost, Rocky won. Remember, we have a split decision. Now, the great thing about that was we didn't care. We just cared about Adrian and Rocky coming together who cares that creed you know rocky's not the champion and he's gonna have to go be in the meat packing plant who cares love was there but it was great and it, it was him going the distance that mattered and 
we, you know, think about it. The Bad News Bears, uh, let them play. All the great stories. Now, I guess the Karate Kid won the first one, right? Yeah. With the crane kick. Yeah. So maybe that was a little cheesy. But oftentimes the plucky underdog doesn't win, but we love them. And the fact that the Clippers were the plucky underdog even though they went from that to the spoiled team that has too much rest during the regular season because of load management and a lot of players that rub people the wrong way. I get that. I have hated the Clippers the last couple of years. <laughs> but you just wonder if this team – I mean, look at what Atlanta's done. Atlanta made it uh, – well, let's see what they do from here. But if Atlanta got beat this round, they would have made it just as far as the Clippers. But the Clippers – Everyone's saying that. Another year they didn't make it. Collins talking about Kawhi's out, and what do you expect? The guy doesn't play much. There isn't any celebration of the Clippers. If Atlanta does get beat this round, there is going to be a celebration about Trey Young and that team, and rightfully so. My point is, with the remaining players on the Clippers, weren't they as big of an underdog as the Hawks, at least if you actually look at it, I know the odds didn't say that because there's so much love for the Clippers. I think this is a team that deserves a lot of respect for fighting so hard, especially once Kawhi went down. What do you think? Yeah, and if if the narrative was Paul George can't get it done in the postseason, then why were people you know so you know so disappointed in their performance in the playoffs? I mean, this should have been expected. The fact that they took care of Utah the way that they did, I, I think, surprised a lot of people. The fact that they had Phoenix and you know very well could have won you know a couple of those games they lost in this series without Kawhi Leonard, I think says a lot about the team i also would like to point out on the loser leaves town match um, <laughs> my foot was on the bottom rope you just didn't see oh. it at the time so so therefore you know they threw that one out so that's why i'm still here so i, I think commissioner Vern Gagne is going to have a ruling on this tomorrow <laughs> out of the awa but that is jonas knox still here on fox sports radio i'm rj bell i don't do lose i might do shaved head matches but you know <laughs> all right let's do this what i want to do is let's talk a little bit about, hmm, you know what I want to do? I want to talk about Bobby Bonilla. Yes, Bobby Bonilla. It's Bobby Bonilla Day, and I love this story. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. You know, I love Mr. Dan Byer, but I wish he were just a little more on point with Giannis's name. Guy nice antitoko umpo. <laughs> but listen, I'm not going to judge. He does better with names than me. Now, <laughs> this Bobby Bonilla, I'm sure you're super familiar with this, Jonas. Yeah. You want to kind of do the setup? Yeah, this is one of the uh, yearly traditions in sports talk radio, <laughs> much like uh, is Die Hard a Christmas movie. Uh, the Bobby ah. Bonilla contract conversation comes up. He's got a deal uh, with the New York Mets in which I believe it, the, the terminology is deferred payments uh, on a contract he had to where he gets $1.2 million every July 1st until the, 20, until the year t- 2035, if I'm not mistaken, which will make him yes. 72 years old uh, at that time. So he gets a $1.2 million from the Mets, uh, and today was the day that the next, cash, the next check cashed. Now, my understanding is it was a $6 million buyout. So there was $6 million that Bobby Bonilla was owed, and they said, hey, how about we'll pay you $1.2 for 24 years? 
So I'm going to do a little math in my head here. If it was one, <laughs> it'd be 24 million he was getting paid. Then you think about point two. It's like okay, that's going to be another what four million. So, or, or a little bit more. So it's like almost 30 million he got for six. <laughs> now, let me tell you, I feel like it's my obligation to teach a little bit lesson about the vig and the juice. A score like this happens once in a lifetime. Gotta make this work for us out in the open, legit. But a nice IPO, keep it spinning, live off the juice. Well, salute, Bobby Vanilla. <laughs> what I'm going to do for tomorrow, you know, so like the mob, if you go to a Shylock, or they call them shies, if you go to a shy, usually like the, the owners, the extreme amount of VIG is two points a week. You hear two points a week, which is, uh, you know, 104% you know, percent a year, right? That's crazy high. Yeah. I wonder how much this amortizes or would compound out to what is going to be the amount of uh, VIG, I guess, or interest the Mets are paying on that loan. Mackenzie, we're going to put that Yale, Law to, or Yale <laughs> undergrad to use here and figure it out. All right, we'll have that tomorrow. When we come back, we're going to talk about the game tonight. It is down to two and a half right now in Milwaukee, but they are favored without Giannis. What's the bet? We'll tell you. And he's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas with breaking news. Yeah, that's right, R.J. Breaking news in the NBA as we get ready for the Hawks and the Bucks, And we knew Giannis was going to be out for Milwaukee. And now, uh, according to several reports online, Trey Young has also been listed as out for the Atlanta Hawks as they head into their Game 5 matchup in Milwaukee against the Bucks, which right now on pregame.com sees Milwaukee a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see the line move in the next few minutes. We'll give you the blow-by-blow. Blow. But this is, and live radio, you got to love it. This is a chance to do an impromptu bet, because I think a bet that I was kind of into, I've gotten very much into. Come on, baby, $80,000! <laughs> but we got to give credit where credit's due. McKenzie was the underlying thesis, as they would say, behind this bet. So here's the rationale. Giannis obviously out. Now Young is out. Now, we'll explain to you why Young being out affects this bet. It improves this bet. But before we do that, let's talk about the bet itself and the rationale. We're looking to go holiday under points, under points. Now, the current number, McKenzie? 23 and a half points. Okay. Now, if you look at just his points he's been scoring, I mean, I'm going back in reverse chronological order. 19, 6, 22, 33. Okay, so... Pretty good there. 13, 21, 19, 14, 9, 13, 17, 11, 19, 11, 20. I mean, I'm just doing some math here. It doesn't seem like he's going over this number very much. Now you might say, hey, Giannis, he's out. Holiday's going to step up and fill in the void. Like, if I'm out, you hear a lot more from Jonas, right? Yeah, blah, blah. Okay, but that's what <laughs> happened. That's what you're supposed to do. When Jonas is out, it's like, blah, blah, RJ. Okay. 
McKenzie, though, had a really insightful thought about Holiday in these spots. McKenzie. So if you look at the season, seven games without Giannis, Holiday only scoring 21 points per game. More specifically, if you look at the second half last game, all the minutes Holiday played without all the minutes Holiday played without Giannis, excuse me, he only really averaged about a half a shot more than we would expect. You transpose that over a game, it shouldn't be four points higher than last game. It should be like a point or a half a point higher than his usual prop. They bumped it up four points. I think it's too much. Now that is the key point. Is the bump up makes sense in the abstract. Holiday will get more shots. He has more of a demand on him with Giannis out. But the number last game when Giannis was healthy was four. Now, again, Holiday's over under. 23 and a half currently. It was 19 and a half last game. Okay. So now we're saying four points uptick. That doesn't seem crazy, except one, his scoring isn't all that impressive over seven games without Giannis. So, and how many points did Holiday average during the regular season? Uh, one second, I'll grab that. I know it, he averaged only 16 and a half during the playoffs. Okay, so the, what we're seeing here is that it's really something where Holiday doesn't tend to step up. Jonas, we're gonna make. Let's make this bet official right now. Then we'll get the rest of the handicap because this line could be moving. Because there is one other reason we like this. Now with Young out, what happens? Young is a horrible defender. So what we know for sure is a better defender, whoever it is, gets Young's time for the Hawks is going to be on the floor. And thus, that makes it harder for Holiday to start with. So this young thing actually helps it. Plus, Atlanta or Atlanta is going to be inclined to slow the game down. Slow the game down. And if so, there's going to be less scoring for everybody. Jonas, what's your general thought on the rationale behind this? No, it makes a lot of sense, especially the better defensive player as the replacement for Trey Young, which would make things a little bit more difficult. Um, I also think it's worth pointing out here, we've been doing straight out of Vegas going on three years now. We've seen lines that have moved live on the air. We've never seen a line move like this live on the air. When we opened up the segment, it was two and a half. Milwaukee favored by two and a half. Uh, in less than a minute, it shot up to four. So now we're at Milwaukee minus four. So a lot of people are jumping on this right now i gotta be honest with you this feels short to me i yeah. i like milwaukee here and here's why if we say young and Giannis are even and that seems to be giving young a lot of uh, value then think about that a second is when they both were playing and it was at milwaukee the line was like eight or nine so or eight let's call it so now that they're both out it's supposed to be four points better so you know something impromptu best bet for me <laughs> we're gonna go with a full best bet on milwaukee at the current number minus four we're not trying to beat any move though you should move because they could keep batting it if you like it i like the bucks and by the way last point on that handicap and this is going to be let's give uh mckenzie credit for this pick it's going to be under holiday go ahead uh wh what was holiday during the regular season his average he only averaged 18 points per game in the regular season and when Giannis was out how many points 21 okay so he went up like three yeah i gotta tell you something i think and and jonas you said oh you like the idea of the better defender i agree but what's atlanta going to try to do here they got to try to slow the game down the total open 220 and a half. It's down to 212 and a half, eight points down. So to wrap up, we've got an official best bet for me on Milwaukee minus four because the line should be higher, I think. Official best bet under holiday points at the number 23 and a half. Two best bets, Jonas, in one segment.
And if you missed any of today's show, including a look back at the Phoenix Suns win in the Western Conference Finals and a live listen to a bet changing on the air as we speak, you can check out the podcast at FoxSportsRadio.com. Just search for Straight Out of Vegas. We are back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 o'clock Pacific, as we take you into the weekend right here on Fox Sports Radio. And as always, you can check out the show every single weekday on the iHeartRadio app. Straight out of Vegas!